Hi, everybody. It's Lorraine. And Shemian. And Shemian. And we're here with another episode of Black Queer and... Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Dun, dun, dun. So, um, this morning we were having some conversation. We we're trying to figure out, like, what are we going to talk about today? And mm-hmm. we have this long list of... Uh, episodes that we want to do and then the one thing that we're going to talk about wasn't even on the list right (laughs) but it was such a good conversation that we were like you know let's just go put on these headphones and talk about it with the folks bring the conversation to the cast what the pod as in the pod oh the podcast when you said cast i'm thinking like a cast of people (laughs) No, that was just my very cool way of saying podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about this idea of um, being black, queer and assimilating, whether or not it's possible, what it looks like, what happens when people try to do it. And why? Why? Why is that important? What does it mean to assimilate? So we're having some really, really good conversation. And the last thing that I was going to say before I said, well, let's take it to the cast. See how I did that again? The podcast <laughs> was that the, I was going to give an example of when I was uh, uh, interviewing for a scholarship and it was a panel interview and there's a trans person that uh, was from the same school as I was. It was also on this panel. And he said to me before we got in the room with the people who were making a decision about who should get scholarships, he said, I'm not going to let them know that I'm trans. Oh, he was up for the he was up for the scholarship too. Right. Oh, so he and wasn't so, on the panel. No, he was. No, okay. I said that backwards. Yeah. Okay. So there was a like three of us on one side, and there were three people who were making a decision on the other side. And when he said that to me, it was really irritating. And this connects with assimilation because he's white and he passes as a man, and so he had the privilege of saying, "I'm going to opt out, and I'm just mm. going to fully blend into." Uh, whatever binary constructs that they, right, that society deems fit for man and woman. was that, do you think it was because he felt like if he told them he may not get the scholarship? exactly. And so it made me think about this idea of trying to assimilate when you're black and queer and whether or not it's even possible. Mm Because we started talking about some people in our circle who, you know, say, or actually in my circle who said, you know, I'm not one of those black lesbian activists and, (laughs) you know, is working in predominantly white space and and sort of has this air of, I've made it Mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers, but Mm -hmm. have you made it? Like, what does it mean to make it? So, because in that space with the trans man, I didn't, I couldn't opt out of being black. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. (laughs) When I walk in the space. I was thinking that when you said that, I was like, you don't have that choice. Like you are black and queer. And even if you walked in there and said, my husband you know, as though like if you tried to play straight, mm-hmm. they still get to look at you and say, you're black. Exactly. They don't, you you cannot walk in there and say, no, I am a white woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no way. Right. There's like no that, way. Yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to reference <laughs> that. But like some people Rachel who, who are transracial and <laughs> feel like they're the black man who said, actually, I'm so happy you. You brought that up because I feel like a white woman inside. Oh, my God. But so the point I'm making is for him, that was him assimilating. That Mm -hmm. was him totally blending in. 
but it's not an option, right? So what does it even mean for black queer folks to assimilate? Right. What, what does that mean? Is it possible? I think people think it's possible. It's almost like any black person, whether they are queer or straight or non-binary or female, male, you know, whatever, however they identify. When you are black and let's say you've become a millionaire, there are still people in this world that no matter how far you've come that are going to remind you that you are still black mm-hmm. and that no matter how much money you have, they can still be racist towards you if they want to. They can still try and discriminate against you if they yep. want to. I mean, even Oprah's been to stores uh, in other countries where they acted like she was going to steal something or yep. because they did not know who she was. Right. does not matter. When people see you and they feel a certain way about you because of... Um, your skin color or because of your gender, because of your sexuality, mm-hmm. they are still going to treat you however they want to treat you. Yep. So does that mean you've really arrived? Right, exactly. And so does assimilation mean arrival? Sometimes I think that it means that for some people who feel like, you know, I have made it, mm-hmm. I've learned the code, right? <laughs> um, uh. And... I've passed and, you know, I'm moving up or, you know, I've gotten some doors have opened, but you're still black at the end of the day. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think in my mind, assimilating is, um, it is passing. Like what was the term you said? That's not what you say. You didn't say passing, but what was it? Does that mean you have arrived? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think it means that for some people, assimilation, uh, assimilation means arrival. Is there ever a time or um, a place where assimilating is okay or acceptable or appropriate? Or Yeah, and I think that's what makes this, comp- this conversation a little bit complex because what does it mean to assimilate? So like, for example, when we go to work, people talk about code switching mm-hmm. a lot, right? right? Right. That is something... That's a part of the work culture Mm -hmm. that has to do with assimilating into the work culture. So when we're talking about assimilation as in terms of being black and queer, how do we tease that out from assimilating into the general society? Like there's certain things that we have to do, right? Like I can't walk outside right now naked because it's not appropriate, right? So I have to do what is deemed appropriate, which means I have to put on clothes do you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Or when I go to an interview, I should dress a certain way. So that, in some ways, to me, that's also like blending and assimilating into the culture. So I think it's hard to tease out what we're talking about in terms of our race right. and being queer and then what it means to just do that in general. Like, I think it gets a little complex, right? It so does. when you say, is it appropriate? Like what? I think you're right. It's a, it's, it gets a little muddy. I think about like when I worked for the school district in the city and I think about how it's San Francisco and everybody's like proud of everything and on every single classroom door they had the posters that said love is love and we believe that black lives matter and we love immigrants and science is real and and so it was like oh it's so affirming but then at the same time you still have students or even other teachers or parents when they find out that 
you're gay or any hint. It's like, it's okay to believe those things, right? Mm-hmm. And to agree with those things. But when you make it personal, to me, the work environment becomes more uncomfortable. Then people are in your personal life where they have questions, which is different from when you see teachers with pictures of their husbands or their wives or their kids on their desk and they're in hetero relationships. Mm-hmm. Nobody asks questions. Right. Nobody says, oh, you're a woman and you married to a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah, nobody, that, that nobody happens cares. never. The minute I say, you know, oh, my partner, and sometimes even straight people use the language partner, um, but people question. As soon as mm-hmm. you say those words, it's like, what? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And then it's like, if they're fine with it, then, but they feel like they have to make you understand that they're fine with it. It's like, oh, I think that's, I, that's great. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. And then they want to bring out every gay knowledge that they know. And it's like, <laughs> all the have you been to trivia that... night? Or yeah. do you know who Audrey Lord is? And it's like, uh, <laughs> right. you know, I, no, I don't go to trivia night. Or, I, you know, it's like things that whatever they, it's like when somebody meets a black person and then they're like, yeah, my cousin's black. And it's like, great. That's wonderful. Or I've had people say, oh, you know, there's a preacher or so-and-so that lives out there. Do you know him? As if I know all the black people you should, that live in the area. You're black. Right, That's exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's like no matter how the environment is supposed to be, like it's, it was super accepting, but then I felt like there still was a piece of me because it was still me. And then I'm a black woman at that, like that wasn't all that accepted because it it, yeah. it made it personal then. Yeah. I don't know. I, I when I when I think of San Francisco and I love San Francisco. Absolutely love it. But it's different to be black and queer than it is to be white and queer. Oh yes. It's mm-hmm. very different. Even working in this school district and the I worked with um a white woman, a older white woman who um her and her wife had been together for years and she was very open about it and nobody asked questions. And it's like the minute, cause she and I would talk, but the minute I started speaking, it was already different. Cause it was like, now we have someone in our white space who's black, but mm-hmm. it's like, and she's talking about her queerness or she's wearing her little queer button. Yeah. And then people kind of start like their ears would perk up and they wanted to like, listen to the conversation or, you know, like, and then more questions were asked and not in a rude way, but just in a nosy way where I felt like, uh, well, she's worked here for years and no one cares that she's queer or that she's a lesbian, but they just seemed way more invested in my business. Yeah. Maybe they were curious. But why? She's in that same space and nobody's curious about, you know, they oh. would talk to her as though her partner was a man. Like she was in a straight, you know, it'd be oh, like, okay. oh, you be and like Pam. Nothing. I don't know what her partner's name yeah, is, but yeah. you and Pam are going, oh, that's so fun. And and it's like, so what are you doing this weekend? You know, mm-hmm. when it came to me, it just was, it was more it was a curiosity. Yeah. But this is like a hippie space that we live in. So it's almost like. But why? white. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But white and hippie. So I think that's where the curiosity comes in. Because we're black. So it's like, what do you guys, is it the same or what? I think that it's just, it. it's um, not exotic, but along those lines. Right? I hate that word when people yeah, use that to explain people of color. Yeah, like, it's derogatory. Oh, she had this exotic look about her. Right. Like, what the hell does that mean? Because it's like the there's a little bit of a fetish 
like a fetishism in there, right? Always. Around the exotic, like white men loving black men. I mean, what am I saying? Let me start White over. men white, loving black women, yes. There White men loving black women. There we go. That's and, what I want to and say. And the black woman body. Yeah. Sometimes that's a, there's a little bit of fetishism in there. Like something you said made me think about the things that are given up in mm-hmm. order to blend. Like So like the pictures on the desk and stuff. Because I didn't even think about the fact that I don't necessarily do that. And when I think about my career, there have been some times where I haven't put the pictures up and sometimes I have because I always think about the cost mm-hmm. associated with it. And so I think when we think about bringing income home, making sure food is on the table, there are some times where you just go, hmm. I don't think I'm going to bring all of who I am into this space, which is unfortunate. It's something that we have to think about a lot as black queer people. Like what fight right. are we going to bring up? I think and the safety. issue, safety, right? So that I understand. I think the issue I have, this is what we're talking about in our one butt kitchen, is that <laughs> when people feel like I've made these sacrifices, right? I don't have the pictures on the desk. I don't, da, 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 da. I'm not interested even and broaching those topics, and I'm better than you, mm. right? Like there's some, there's a there's a there's something about the elitism among some Black queer folks as compared to other Black queer people, mm-hmm. where they feel like I've made these sacrifices, I've made it, and I'm going to keep on this track. I'm not going to ruffle any feathers, mm-hmm. and I want to let you know that these white folks accept me, but you're still on the outside. Like, I'm still a notch above you. And I think assimilation has a lot to do with that. People are worried about being accepted by white folk. Yes. Which is crazy to me. Like, folk go out of their way to be accepted by a group of people. And obviously, and I hate the fact that we always have to say this, like, not all white people are bad, you know? Right. But the reality is, folks go out of their way to, like, gain the approval of white folk. Yes. You know, or to let them know like I'm a safe I'm, one. Exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. a safe I won't be too loud at your dinner party. Or whatever other stereotype they think defines them through white eyes. So for example, I'm loud. You're not loud, but I'm loud. Yeah. I don't drink forties, but I drink a hell of a lot of other shit. Like mm-hmm. We use those stereotypes, though, to make people feel comfortable to say, no, no, I don't do those things. Right. Like, there are some who do, but guess what? They're still fucking people. Like, they're just mm-hmm. people. They're people who just happen to, some happen to be loud, some drink 40s, you know, I don't know, whatever the other stereotypes are. Some got six kids, some got two. Like, it's like we take these stereotypes and we use them to show people, no, I'm not like that right, person. Right. I'm acceptable. You can have me around your white yeah, friends and, and family what makes and me I acceptable. won't steal your purse. What makes or I me won't acceptable rape your children. Right. Like they and it's so it's it's disgusting. And the thing that makes me acceptable is that I have embraced white culture. Do you know what I mean? Right. When I'm in these spaces, I speak quietly. I have my hands down by my side. Do you know what I mean? As <laughs> if that is the best way to be in the world. Like, so I think it, that's the, to me, I think you've hit it on the head. So it's not just about, cause I think there are ways in which all of us assimilate, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Like I've worked in organizations led by black people, mm-hmm. right? Led by white folks. And I still, even in the black spaces won't have pictures of my family, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not about whiteness. 
It's about power, mm-hmm. safety, making sure food's on the table, right? But I think what you said about whiteness and trying to be considered appropriate by the dominant culture is the thing that I think we were getting at in the kitchen. Right. Right. That's the piece. It's like, why? Do you know what I mean? Yes. So we're talking about assimilating, but in different ways, because when you're assimilating and you're worried about whiteness or about white folk, at that point, it may not have anything to do with trying to um, push away the gayness or like not show the gayness. Mm -hmm. It's more like, I can be accepted by white culture yes, or by white people. Yes. And then in the black space, because a lot of, you know, some companies, it's great to be around black folk, but if they're not okay with folk being queer, then you gotta, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm black, but I'm not going to bring out these pictures of my family because then you'll know that I'm queer. Right. You get what I'm saying? And assimilating in that way. Right. And so there's like a a dance. Cause for me, you know, when I go to an interview, I still put on a nice button down and pants. I still, my gender expression is still, it never changes, right? Mm-hmm. And I know some people who say, no, I'll put on like a skirt. And because, you know, for them, I couldn't see that's what they, they feel like they need to do. I couldn't see that. Can you see me in a short skirt with no. like a briefcase or something? <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't like think a little that would business work out. suit? Like yeah. a little, no. Like a little skirt business So for suit. me, that's my way you have of a nice saying body, though. that I'm, that would be thank cute. you. You're that for me, that's way of still being who I am. But right. I just there's certain things that I just won't whip out. The conversations that I just won't broach. You but know? I'm sure that's got to be interesting though, because it's challenging. You do present like unless people see you in heels. To me, you have a a very beautiful face. When it's when people say "sir" or "Mister" to mm-hmm. you or "he," it it it's funny to me because I'm thinking. How do you see, like, I don't see, even from the first time I met you, I never so, saw yeah. a man when right. I looked at your face. Yeah. And I think that they look at the clothes and they just say, sir, or he, and and they, I don't know. I think that's what they focus on. And I'm like, I don't see that. Yeah. But so I'm wondering, like in interviews, when people would see you, I'm sure that they're probably looking at you like, well... They respond to she. She looks like a woman in the face, mm-hmm. but she's wearing this suit. And of course, because it's illegal for them to be like, so are you gay? Right. Like that's yeah. not legal. And it's rude. But as people hell. make assumptions and then they act on it. There's been several times that I've walked into an interview and people have gone, oh, um, I had one time actually someone told me the position was filled before they even asked a question. Wow. And then when I left, I think the person looked at my resume again, called me, wow, and asked me if I would come back. What? Right? So, so I think that you don't have a way to make, assimilate. Exactly. That's the other point I was going to make. There's so there's some privilege, and people who, who feel like they can blend in. Like I don't know why I was thinking about the paper brown bag test. Um, Oh, the, the brown paper bag test? Yeah. Color, Did I say color paper brown bag? You said oh, just paper said, brown bag. Yeah. You said a brown paper bag. Yeah, paper brown bag. Paper brown bag. Paper that's brown and a bag. Brown paper bag. <laughs> anyway, it's the same thing, but you know what I'm saying. The paper brown bag test where people could, uh, you know, could pass, mm-hmm. right? And so I think for me... 
I don't have that privilege of doing that because I choose to be all of who I am in terms of the way that I dress and I walk in the world. And so interviews, the same thing. So I've had doors shut and then I've had other situations where the doors remain open, but we just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So we know Shemian is um, participating, but we don't talk about <laughs> Especially when you bring us around. <laughs> right. Then they can't That's deny Shemian's it. That's uh, friend. Right. Oh my um, God. <laughs> so, Black folk have been saying that for years. <laughs> you can be together with somebody say. for 20 years and they'll be like, this is your this uncle's is friend. <laughs> This is your your aunt's roommate. They've been together for 35 years. Yeah. So that's how some people and deal with it. And she has five kids. They right. don't have kids together. She has five kids. It's yeah. so interesting. So that's how some people deal with it. They just don't want to talk about it. It's like, we know, but we just don't talk about it, you know? Yeah. That's funny. So that still gives don't ask, don't tell. me an opportunity to be in certain spaces. I don't necessarily blend. But because it's not explicit, don't ask, don't tell, then for some people that makes them feel comfortable. I still don't have the pictures on the desk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But we still know Shamian is. So anyway. It makes it obvious though with like when we come around. I, I know I just said that, but I think of like Jasmine going to work with you or going to, where did she go with you one time? For work, or when I dropped her off somewhere with you, and you're like working or volunteering or something, because um, then people are like they still. Everybody loves kids, mm-hmm. you know. Not yep. everybody, but most people most people do love yep. kids, and so they're not going to be rude to the child. But then, and they're going to ask questions like, "Oh, who's this?" Or, yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm sure the first thing. People just like to make up their own narrative. So the first thing they're probably thinking is like, oh, that's probably her niece. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the Because of People their don't assumptions, the first thing that they think is probably not that she's your child. Yeah. Because they don't, because then that means there's more to it. Well, yeah. where did she come from? Did she have sex? Did she give birth? You know, yeah. it's like so many other questions. They don't know the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So there, it can be awkward. And it can be awkward for the child, too. Yes. So it's like a song and dance. I wonder what happen. people want, though. Like, in these spaces where people are uncomfortable, I think I was saying this yesterday about how it's it's really about, like, when people are, their fears or their so-called phobias, like, when it comes to other people, like race or, you know, like homophobia, which is the dumbest word I've ever heard of because you're not afraid of gay people, right? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but when people have these issues, like that is their problem. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we take it on as it's as though it's our problem. And to me, that's where some of assimilation comes from. It's like yep. because you have a problem I'm going with to who adjust. I am. I'm going to adjust who I am right. to make to you pe- comfortable. To please you, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. And I think there's, um, for safety, it's a little bit of what many of us do as black queer people, right? I think there are different levels, but I think about um, making sure that, for example, that I come home safe mm-hmm. means for me that I react differently when I'm being targeted mm-hmm. as a black person. You know, like the time that I was getting something uh, from un- under the passenger seat. And then when I sat back up, because I was leaned over, there was a security guard walking by my door. And that 
so happened to get in the elevator with me when I was coming out of the garage, my reaction from beginning to end was filtered through the, through the lens of being black mm. in a public space, right? Mm. So there are certain ways that I didn't, certain things I didn't do because I wanted to get out of the elevator alive. Got it. Right? Yeah. So I think there are some ways in which we as black people, we do, um, and I don't think assimilate is even the right word. There's some ways that we change our actions in certain spaces because of survival, right? Right. But uh, it's different than saying we need to talk quieter because there's a it's different. Right. Because that's not appropriate, right? Well, that's what I was asking earlier too. Like, is there ever a right time to change or try and assimilate? Like, if someone came up to you like with a gun and said, you know, are you guys married? Like, is this your wife? I always think of like hand Handmaid's Tale, and. Uh, there was the one character Samira Wiley plays, um, and she is a lesbian. But, like, she can't say that she's a lesbian on there, or then, like, they'll send her to... I think there was another character who was a lesbian, and, like, they hung the other... The partner and, like, made the oh, other boy. one... Or, like, they stitched up one's vagina. And oh. It's, like, at that moment... I know it's it's morbid, but it's, like, do you lie and say that you're not... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that's different than talking about assimilation. Now we're just talking about straight up survival. Do you know what I'm saying? No, but I'm saying like some people, for them, it is some of it is assimilation okay, though because if you. they didn't think it was gonna get that deep, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if you don't, if you think that the person's really not gonna harm me or can't get that bad, like they might try and beat me up because they don't like gay people. But yeah. like, I mean, I'm sure it's a show, so you know started it's a part of the storyline but it's like i'm sure no one ever thinks it's gonna be that bad yeah okay like, I no i'm just gonna stand up for what i believe in no this is my wife or this is my partner but some people feel like they don't have that not mm-hmm. to say that they don't have that choice um yep. but like that they don't have that privilege because they could lose everything or they yep. could lose their lives or it's like seniors who go back in the closet when they get to a certain age and now they're like in assisted living facilities so they have to and assimilate. And for survival, right, they go back in the closet to assimilate into the dominant culture. Yes. So I get what you're saying. So like if a gun was wielded at me, mm-hmm. am I gay then? Right. Now I'm still black. That's the other thing. Like, <laughs> right. That's not going to change. Right. There's no option there. I can't say I'm actually a white woman, um, transracial. Like that doesn't work. Um, but do I say that I'm gay? I don't know. I guess it's a question of what I'm willing to die for. Right. Am I am I gonna lie because I want to live? Probably. I mean, if there's a gun to my head, I I, I just, you know what I mean. I, it's hard to. So the question is again. Oh. Is it ever? No, no, no. Oh. I'm just recapping. <laughs> like, is it ever okay to assimilate? And I guess what you're saying is, if we're talking about survival, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like, think that we do it all the time. To survive or to you know, make sure our family is safe. Um, but, but but for the most part, we're not talking about survival. We're talking about, you know, people who feel like they have arrived. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this to fit into this culture. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I think there's a distinction between doing it to survive and doing it because you want to be accepted. Oh, yeah, yeah, by yeah, the yeah. White, I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, that's the difference to me. Because something comes, something a little extra comes with this idea 
of I want to be accepted, so I'm going to push you. There's extra stuff that comes with that. I don't know if you've ever been around black queer folk who feel like they have been the chosen one for mm. white culture, like they're accepted into spaces. There's an elitism, as I said before, that comes along with that. That's different than saying that um, in this space, I'm not going to talk about uh, my 25-year marriage or something like that, even though some people opt not to do that. But I maybe that's not the best um, the best example. But it's different to me than making decisions to make sure that you have food on the table, right? Yes. That, to me, that's different than saying generally across the board, I want white culture to accept me. Right. 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 I think that's the difference. Like when someone says, oh, I'm not one of those black activists. I, I don't do that. And I want to say, well, you're still black. You know what I mean? It just... So... And I and I think sometimes people don't think they're black anymore. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird well, phenomenon. Know, we talked about that earlier, like with activism. That's a touchy subject for me because I feel like being black and queer, everybody should be an activist. Yes. And and I'm not saying everybody should be beating the pavement. Like right. everybody, but there's different ways. There's and different I think that's ways. a great conversation to have because some people think you aren't an activist if you're not at on the street. Right, right. That they don't see that true. there's any yes. other way to do this work, which I think is unfortunate. There are many different ways to do this work, but some people feel like now that I am accepted, I no longer have to do this work. Right, which is really sad. And in some itself. people feel like in order to be accepted, I can't do this work. You right. can't see me on the TV. Right. You can't see me speaking up in a business meeting. You can't see me being the one that's saying, "Yeah, we need to talk about racial equity in the workplace." I can't be the one to argue about equal pay. Like some right. people feel like it means losing their voice, right? Right. You can't be too visible because as black people, if we say anything, we're saying as the angry people who are trying to push mm -hmm. against the system, anything. So some people are just rendered silent mm. in order to be accepted. Wow. That's true. Yeah. That's and it's good. sad because it even sad. though, even though I may not put up my pictures, in certain places, because I want to make sure that my family is taken care of. I'm clear that I am still black and queer. You catch me on the street, you know what I mean? Or you come to my house, I'm not putting any pictures away. You know, it's different then, right? Right. right if you come in my space. so and, I, and people would argue the point, right? But I think that that's different than, than saying um, that I'm going to forget who I am. I'm going to not use my voice because I want white folks to accept me. I want the dominant culture to accept. That's different to me. And that's sad. Yeah, it is. It's a, uh, it's a scary situation to put you in. I think but, it's a scary situation because there are always going to be moments in your life when people remind you that you're not as accepted as you think you are. Oh my God. Yeah. And so those same people like the the people that you're saying, I can no longer fight with you. I'm not in this fight with you anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. I'm, I'm I'm accepted as a queer person because they don't know I'm queer, or because I'm not as black as everybody right, else, exactly. or I don't, I don't act, act black, black, whatever that means. Right. And then somebody reminds them that you black, you black, and and, the, and, and mm -hmm. we may not know you're queer, but we definitely know you're black. Yep. And for some of those, and then black they people, want the rest of us to fight with them and for them. Right. When they decided to step out of the fight. That's that's scary. Yeah. 
And they only want some of us to fight with them and for them because (laughs) some of us are still not good enough. And I think that's how people Mm. who are black and who have arrived make themselves feel better is by still looking over their shoulder and say, I'm still better than you though. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's part of the reason because they know, well, damn, I'm still black at the end of the day, but I'm not as black as you. Right, right. Damn. I think those people are unhappy, to be honest with you. I've met many people like that in my life. And they're to me, they're easy to spot. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a fakeness that comes along with it because they're doing this song and dance, right? They're the proper... You know, there's something that happens. And unfortunately, my own folks have mistaken me for someone who's tried to to absorb white culture. And that's an entirely different conversation because of the way I speak, mm. that I'm too white automatically. And I think, well, what are you saying about black folk? Right. You know what I mean? We can't be black and speak all kinds of different ways. Like, what are you saying about our people? Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So uh, anyway, you can see this is a hot topic for me because I'm just talking, I know. talking, talking, talking. I can, but, I can also imagine that um, for some certain black people or for certain white people that they felt like you were safe. You know uh, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, she's a safe one. And they don't realize there's a lot of power behind you. Like, you're quiet and, you know, you have your little glasses and <laughs> you, you are a self-proclaimed <laughs> geek. Geek. Yeah. Um, but they take but that black. as, right. Yeah. And some people take that as weakness, though, too. Like, oh, as they, a, do. they don't right. realize that you, like, you fight in a different way. I do. You may not fight with your hands, but, like, you fight in a different way and yep. that you are one of the most pro-black motherfuckers I know like seriously and they would not know that no. because they feel like oh well the way she's like you said the way she speaks or that like, somehow I'm too white yeah. yeah but then like you said what does that mean about how they feel about black people in general yeah it's like for example and I know you'll edit this in whatever way uh, is, is right but for example like when I dressed a certain way when I'm coming from uh, a meeting or coming from you know something I'm doing out in the field and I go to the Safeway that's down the street. Oh, over here by our house. Right. <laughs> and um, if I see black folk in there, I'm telling you, some of the looks they give me, especially young black people, like young black men that I see in there, mm-hmm. they kind of smirk like, oh, you think you're cute, huh? Because you got your little clothes on. It's like, it's not something that's revered. Mm. It's not. It's not. There's not a way in which they're looking up or saying, "Oh, oh, that's that's you know those shoes that she has on looks nice" or something like that, right? To me, there's a little bit of, "Oh, you think you uppity, huh?" Right? Because you're in this white neighborhood, you're just all nice. Like, there's a kind of loathing. I don't know how to explain that. But they don't know. Like we at the bottom of the barrel in this neighborhood, right? But still, (laughs) it's a nice neighborhood. But we're still. It's true. We are. But even if we weren't, what if we weren't? Why those looks? That is very true. Do you know what I mean? I'm still black. It's almost as if you can't be black, be in a certain area, dress nice, right? Be perceived to have money, because I think sometimes that's the perception, and still be considered part of the black community. There's there's kind of like this sneering that goes on, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that has something to do with internalized racism. I really do. Like among our people... It's like there's association with what it means to be black mm-hmm. that's connected with a certain type of struggle, a certain type of, right? So somehow, 
because I'm dressed in whatever I'm dressed in, somehow I'm, I'm not a part of the culture anymore. Like I'm still black. So do you think that they think you are trying to assimilate with yes. a different culture? I do. And they don't realize that it's not anything near that. No, but I wonder why why even those sneers come at all. Because it doesn't happen, I don't think, among white folk. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we don't know that because be we're just, not white. But. That's true. That's why I said I don't think it happens in the same way. Mm-hmm. I think, so I guess what I'm getting at is that I don't know why why blackness sometimes is defined so narrowly. Like, my skin is still melanin at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? So why why would anyone even make question or sneer or somehow um, give me a side eye because they perceive somehow that I'm, that I think I'm better than they are that I think that I've, why can't we be black and still striving? And we look like we're all across the gamut. Do you know what I mean? I do. And so sometimes I actually go out of my way to speak to folks when I feel like that, especially young folks when I see that. And sometimes I get ignored because one time I said, hey, and the guy just totally ignored me and kept walking. Now, it could be I'm also queer. Yes. I was going to say. Right? The, it, so yes. it could be that, too. Um, I, I never know. Yeah. Because I'm queer or because I'm black or because they had a bad day. That's the other piece, too. Like, I never know. Could be know. all of the above. <laughs> but I just, I, there's still a part of me only because I think because of the experiences that I've had, I've had so many black people tell me somehow I'm not black enough. Do you know what I mean? And so I think sometimes that's where my mind goes when I get those looks. I've had those looks for a long time. Mm-hmm. So as far back as I can remember, even in, in probably like fifth or sixth grade, I was the one that was always seen as, oh, you're just a little bit too white. So I think that's what's carried along with me in my adulthood. And it makes me just wonder, well, why can't this be blackness too? Do right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, because I, I think there's a difference between... Um, because there are so many different kinds of black people, right? We don't all just come in one in one flavor. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? I think the difference though like you're caramello. Like what what how, how we shut up. How we differentiate like with those who are trying to assimilate is when you are totally pushing out blackness, like pushing away. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like just because you dress a certain way or speak a certain way does not mean that you are not embracing blackness or embracing queerness. Mm-hmm. I think where the assimilation comes in would be if you were like, <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of black. <laughs> or <laughs> right. no, but all lives matter. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yes. <laughs> all, you know, oh my we're not going to worry about just black trans women being killed because all trans women are done. And you exactly. know what I'm saying? Like that's, that, that is would difference. be the difference. Yep. That to me is someone who's trying to assimilate because then it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very safe. I care about everyone. And yes, we do care about everybody, but there is a, a huge difference between the number of black trans women that are being killed yeah. versus everybody. Like, let's be honest. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And when we are afraid to bring that to light or bring that as a focus, to me, that clearly says, like, you want people to feel like you're safe. Yeah. You want them to feel okay with you. And at the end of the day, especially when it comes to activism, it ain't always going to be about safe. It's mm-hmm. not always going to be about 
people liking you or accepting you because yep. the reality is, especially where we live, and we see this sometimes when I walk in there with a Black Lives Matter shirt or, oh um, and people look at me crazy. Yeah. But like when the older white woman, because where we live, there's always an older white woman with a Wears Black a Lives Matter or a shirt. pin on or a shirt or a sticker <laughs> and people smile at them. They don't right. snarl at them and look at them crazy. Yeah. Because they're doing the work. Of justice, exactly. With their Black Lives Matter, exactly. But, but they we're feel being like antagonistic. They ours. feel comfortable with them. Yep. And when we do it, it's more. They feel like we're being aggressive. I'm not even yeah. speaking to these people, yep. but they feel threatened by it. Mm-hmm. But little do they know, just by us showing up in the store, we still are making a statement about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Every time we leave our homes, we're making that statement. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do. By our very breath. So, huh? You better preach. Yeah, we didn't go to church today. Go ahead, give me, <laughs> give me a quick Coming little word from the book of <laughs> Blackness, chapter one, <laughs> verse two and three. What does it say? Let there be blackness. I don't know. <laughs> the category is blackness. <laughs> right. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. And it's a it's a necessary conversation. I feel like it, it could go in so many directions. As it did, even in the As conversation. It <laughs> As yeah. it did. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We're wrapping up. Yes. Is there anything that you wanna my voice keeps going in and out. Is there anything that you wanna share why, to the folks? Why yes there is. There's a piece that I like to share entitled Standing at the Intersection that I wrote uh, several years ago. Awesome. Go for it. Spiritual, but not religious. But in a predominantly Christian church I serve. Chocolatey brown and gifted, but questions remain. Was that just given to you? Or was it truly earned? Female-bodied, yet ambiguous. My queerness often raises eyebrows and turns heads. Wrong bathroom. Wrong presentation. Wrong color, wrong religion. Where is it that I can find true refuge? Standing at the intersection, I write about my queerness as often my trans brothers and sisters are completely wiped from the page. No headline news, no media attention, no outcry. Their voices call my name while the blood of my black ancestors spills onto the page. From the hanging trees, to gun violence, children missing their fathers on Father's Day. In all of their blood, I continue to wade. Standing at the intersection, I wonder about a world filled with so much love and so much hate. If I come across the wrong one, will my life too be taken? And what of this life? What is it that I am truly called to do? Because in all of my chocolatey brown queerness, I still stand here before you. Do I retreat, bow out, raise the proverbial white flag, cower, bow down, bend under the weight of external and internalized oppression? And what if Jesus bowed out under the pressures of an empirical state? Mahatma Gandhi relinquished as he sought more inclusive and equitable aims. What if Bayard Rustin, Miss Major, Sylvester, Marsha Payne-No-Mind Johnson all simply hid and or walked away? 
They all faced incredible strife, difficulties, violence, as we see in our present day, but they moved forward nevertheless, fighting for freedom and justice. And we all benefit from their work in their wake. These are just some of my reflections standing here at the intersection. Yes. All right. Thank you, Shamian. Yep. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Black Queer. And dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.